Welcome to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Over the next hour, you're going to learn how to lead more efficiently and effectively in a post-pandemic world where the workplace has changed dramatically. Now, here's Monique. Welcome. I'm Monique. Thank you so much for joining me today. And for those of you who are new, if this is your first time listening in, a very warm welcome to you. And for those of you who have continued to join in, thank you so much for your loyalty. You have been hearing from me and my guests about a concept called the sustainable leader. And I've been explaining this in previous episodes as a concept where leaders can be more conscious about sustainability in the workplace. And I've explained that this falls under the environmental wellness piece and has come from my book that I've written that really talks about environmental wellness. That's one segment of the book. So we've been doing a series of episodes about what this is and how this mindset can enhance your leadership. So you've been hearing from me through solo shows like the one today and also from guests who are subject matter experts when it comes to sustainable or green leadership. Today, as we continue with this series, we're going to delve into the complex topic of personal safety for yourself and for others, and how this ties into environmental wellness. And also, we'll talk about what it has to do with leadership. You'll learn how this mindset can make you a more sought-after leader, and I'll also be talking about how my clients made their work environments safer for their employees. After this episode, you'll be able to immediately implement ideas and tools and strategies to be able to do this yourself, because if you've listened before, you know that Really, the show focuses on execution, not just on theory. So I like to give you actionable steps and tips so that you can implement these ideas on your own. We will also be taking questions from listeners throughout the show. So feel free to email those in to me at monique at mdconsultingglobal.com. All right, let's launch into this topic today. And I want to explain this part of environmental wellness as any place that your physical body is located, that's considered your physical environment. And anything that goes on in your physical environment can impact you mentally, physically, and emotionally. That's why it's critical that your physical environment be safe in all those ways and be a place that reduces fear, reduces vulnerability, and really contributes to your empowerment. So that's your responsibility to yourself as an individual. But if we take this one step further, it's also your responsibility as a leader. You're responsible for the personal safety of your coworkers while they're in the workplace. And there are certain steps that you can take as a leader, that'll influence safety in the workplace. You can help reduce workplace violence. You can help increase psychological safety. And you can decrease the vulnerability that other people feel in the workplace. Those are the three main things that we're going to be addressing today. And I want to start out with a very sad and staggering statistic. And this is showing how violence in the home can become violence at work. Now, this is from an organization called the Corporate Alliance to End Partner Violence. Now, they did a study that found that 21% of full-time employed adults said that they were victims of domestic violence And 74% of that group said that they have been harassed at work. Now, there's a second staggering part to that statistic. 
65% of companies do not have formal workplace domestic violence prevention policies. And according to research conducted by the Society for Human Resource Management, so we, we know that in the industry as SHRM, only 20% offer training on domestic violence. And that was uh, in a 2013 survey. So the statistics are horrendous. And that's only one part of physical safety. So you might be wondering, how as a manager am I responsible for this? Well, if you aren't aware of the policies in your workplace, then you have to become aware of them. That's the first step you can take. And it doesn't take a lot of time to do that. You can partner with HR you can inquire into the policies, but it's important that you're aware of them because you may have direct reports on your team that need assistance in this area. So it's important that you be aware of those policies. If you haven't already, you need to take steps to strongly influence those policies. Any of the policies related to workplace violence, domestic violence, substance abuse, or any other acts that put the safety of employees at risk. And that means get involved. Uh, It's not just the responsibility of human resources like everybody thinks. It is everyone's responsibility in the workplace to get involved in those policies, to be aware of them, and to influence those policies. And that will put you above and beyond other leaders. So I'll share a little um, information that many of you who know me already know this, but during my early corporate career, so in my 20s, I was a victim of domestic violence and I was stalked and harassed at work by my ex-husband. So once I got through that, I took it upon myself to teach domestic violence seminars at work and to volunteer in the domestic violence shelters. That was my way to support others in the workplace and in the community. And the courses that I taught in the workplace were above and beyond my normal work hours. I did them after hours or as lunch and learns. So that was my way to get involved. As a leader, you may have other ways to get involved, but it's important that you start somewhere by being aware and trying to influence those policies. Now, formal workplace violence isn't the only reason that employees feel unsafe in the workplace. People feel unsafe by being harassed by other employees, even bullied by managers. And I've had that experience also in my early corporate career. Or people feel really vulnerable by lacking common skills in the workplace. So really there should be plenty of support and training to ensure employees are at the same level as everyone else with their basic skills. And this includes language skills. For many of my clients, English is not their first language. And sometimes it causes them to lack confidence and self-esteem and poise and executive presence. And sometimes they're even given feedback about that. Now, I'm a huge advocate of companies, for example, that offer ESL classes in the workplace. And for those of you who don't know the acronym, it's English as a Second Language. And especially ESL with a focus on business English speaking and writing. That is one area where a lot of employees don't have the same skill set as native English speakers. And it really impacts their performance because they lack the confidence. They lack the confidence to give formal presentations, to speak in front of groups of people or to speak with clients. Now, it is true that these classes are offered at the community college level, the really basic English courses, but corporations and even small businesses can go 
above and beyond by offering them on site. And that's one way that employees can reduce their vulnerability, that feeling of being vulnerable because they're not on the same level with their skill set. Now, if you've listened to past episodes, you know that I'm an ESL certified instructor. It's something that I do as a volunteer. Every summer, I spend a couple months abroad as an international volunteer. I give my time to a company called Vaughn Town, where business professionals enter English immersion programs to work on their business English. So feel free to go back to the two episodes of this show titled The Transformative Power of Language Immersion, and you'll hear all about my experience this past summer in Spain when I was volunteering for Vaughn Town. You'll also hear two of my Spanish students that I interviewed and their huge accomplishments this past summer. So you'll get an idea as to how quickly people can grow and learn from simple language classes or immersion classes. Now, a hostile workplace is a prime example of an unsafe work environment. And you've heard me speak before in these episodes about clients that have had situations with either coworkers or managers where they have felt really unsafe. And this is another policy that you need to be very well informed on and try to influence. And that is the environment of a hostile workplace. You need to understand the definition of that and what your company is doing about it. Because many employees don't realize that they have a place to go, that they, that there are rules against this in the workplace. So some employees, like the client I'm about to tell you about in the upcoming case study, don't realize that they have any recourse. And they allow this hostile work environment to continue So let's explore a case study right now about one of my clients, Jose, who felt really harassed and belittled in the workplace. Jose was a coaching client, and he came to his first session visibly distraught. He explained that he was having a situation with his manager, and he needed help with some better communication techniques. He wanted to work on, and I quote from him, reducing his foreign accent, and again, I quote, improving his English so that his manager could understand him better when communicating. He explained to me that English wasn't his first language, and his manager felt that was a hindrance to his ability to follow instructions. Jose felt he did follow instructions, but that his manager would change them and deny giving the original set of instructions. And apparently his manager was also withholding information from him regarding deadlines. And then he would berate Jose if a deadline was missed. So Jose was really confused by this. And over time, his manager's behavior slowly chipped away at his self-confidence. Apparently, Jose's manager would also mock his accent and would embarrass him in front of coworkers in meetings if he used an incorrect English word. So this behavior from his manager was horrendous. And as we unpacked this in coaching, Jose realized that this was not a problem with his performance. It was not a problem with his communication style, and it wasn't a problem with his accent. He was experiencing gaslighting and microaggressions from his manager, which made him feel embarrassed and unsafe. And it impacted his ability to navigate specific work situations. He decided to give his manager feedback, which we worked on in coaching because that was a very delicate situation. So in coaching, I helped him craft the feedback conversation. And then he took it one step further and he filed a complaint against his manager with human resources because he was the victim of a hostile work environment. 
Now, I've done a podcast in the past, an episode on this show about how to give feedback to your manager. So I'd really encourage you to go back and listen to that episode if you are having this kind of situation or if anyone that you know in the workplace is having it also. Here are just a few small things to contribute to a safe work environment if you're a leader or if you're anyone listening to this. Like I've already mentioned, familiarize yourself with internal safety policies. Educate your team about the policies. So if you are a leader with direct reports, it's not good enough just for you to know the information. You need to educate your team so that if they have a situation, they know what to do about it. So partner with HR and get involved in or spearhead any safety initiative that you can think of that would be important. You can bring in outside speakers for lunch and learns regarding these topics, similar to what I did when I was teaching the domestic violence classes as lunch and learns. Open up the lines of communication with your team so that you know if they're feeling unsafe. Now, previous episodes of this show, you have heard myself and my guests talk about how important it is for leaders to keep the lines of communication open so that you know what's happening with your direct reports and and so that you develop trust with them so that they can come to you if something's going on. Learn the warning signs for when employees might be experiencing violence at home and watch for those red flags in the workplace. And then learn resources that you can refer them to at work and in the community. So it's very important that you do your own research and that you have resources that you can provide them with. If you've just tuned in, this is another episode about sustainable leadership. We're talking about the area of environmental wellness that involves personal and physical safety at work. You just heard a story about my client, Jose, who was a victim of a hostile work environment due to his boss's behavior. Now, he displayed a lot of bravery by not only giving his boss some feedback, but then reporting the behavior to HR. And as I've mentioned, it's everyone's responsibility to be aware of these situations at work. But if you're a leader, it's an expectation for you to watch over your people. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, you'll hear about how to create psychological safety on your team. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. At MD Consulting, Executive Coach Monique Daigneault provides executive coaching to leaders struggling with workplace challenges and pain points. Unlike other coaching companies that use a Band-Aid approach, we have a specific set of tools and processes to thoroughly root cause and unpack a client's challenges. Our specialized method helps you implement measurable and sustainable solutions to enhance your leadership skills and develop your team. Visit www.mdconsultingglobal.com to book a complimentary breakthrough session. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Welcome back to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Have a question for Monique or her guests? Email Monique at Monique at MDConsultingGlobal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. 
I'm Monique, and we're continuing on our series about environmental wellness. I've been explaining this concept as sustainable leadership and the responsibilities that leaders have to create a safe workplace, physically and emotionally. I'm going to answer a couple of questions before we delve into another facet of safe workplaces, and that's psychological safety. But first, for a couple of questions... So the first question is from Susan. My boss has similar behavior as the boss in your case study. So she's referring to Jose's boss. He acts this way to me, but also to others. We all suspect he may have a medical or psychological problem, like maybe the beginning of Alzheimer's. If this is the case, he may not be able to control his behavior. What should I do? So my response to Susan is that, first of all, Susan, thank you for bringing up a really sensitive topic. This is a problem in many workplaces. So let me just say that even if you know for sure the reason for the behavior, or if you think you know for sure, that still doesn't excuse the behavior. You and your coworkers still have the right to feel safe at work. And the way it's handled is no different than the way Jose handled his boss giving feedback and or reporting it. And I did have this happen to a client when she and when she reported it, it prompted HR to get involved and the boss agreed to actually seek treatment. And he found out that he did have early stage Alzheimer's. And because of that, he decided to retire early. And once he did that, his wife contacted HR and she actually thanked them for prompting him to do that. She had sensed that this was the problem all along. At home, she was seeing it, and he wouldn't get treated. So he wouldn't get treated until HR got involved at work. So you really have to continue to give the feedback, report the problem. Don't try to diagnose or analyze why it's happening. All you need to know is that it is happening and that it's creating an unsafe workplace. So thank you, Susan, for that. The next question is from John. This is a comment and a question, he says, just to validate the importance of implementing on-site ESL classes. I'm a leader and two of my high performers were given feedback that their language issues were causing problems with colleagues and customers. Their use of the English language was the only thing holding them back from promotions because a high level of language fluency was required. I got approval to promote them only if they showed marked improvement within a certain time frame. They did so by attending our internal ESL classes, and they did that during work hours. Now I'm proud to say they've both been promoted. So yes, I agree 100% that sometimes companies need to go the extra mile for their people. These were two working adults who didn't have time to attend college courses or even online courses. But they had some shame with the whole thing. Can you speak to that, please? John brings up a really good point. John, thanks for sharing that, that really touching story. So many employees especially if it's involving language, but also other skills. They have some shame in admitting that they have a problem or that their skill set isn't where it needs to be. So as a manager, you need to, again, give feedback, but combine it with empathy and support. And my, my other episode about feedback explains how to do this, how to give feedback with empathy. But that is something that's really important for employees. And for many of my clients where English isn't their first language, they they may have learned basic English or even advanced English, but they may not have learned business English as they were learning the language. So it can be very hard in the workplace, uh, especially as someone works their way up to different uh, various levels to be able to have a good command of business English. So to answer John's question, feedback is still necessary, but you use empathy and support to help the employee handle the shame that they might be feeling. 
Okay, now let's talk about a really hot topic in the workplace, and that's psychological safety on teams. Now, as a leader in the workplace, you are obligated to provide an environment of psychological safety for your direct reports and coworkers, but most people don't know what that is. So I'll give you a really brief definition, and then we'll unpack it a little more. Psychological safety is a shared belief by members of a team that they will not be punished or ridiculed or rejected for speaking up. And coworkers should be able to openly address fears, uh, questions that come up, concerns that they have, uh, beliefs or opinions in a safe environment. They should be able to challenge the status quo without being ridiculed for it. Now, that is part of the personal safety component of environmental wellness. So really, it's a culture. It's a culture, and it starts with you as the leader. You have got to model certain behaviors, and then you have to enforce them across the team. So it's a set of expectations that you set, even if it involves creating a team charter about certain behaviors that you are expecting from your team, and then you don't give them a break on that you need to make sure to enforce those behaviors. So here's some of the things that a leader can do regarding psychological safety. First of all, you can provide training on psychological safety. And as you you can probably tell, I'm a big advocate of training. So even in the previous segment, training on domestic violence and on hostile work environments. So again, training on psychological safety. It's important for a leader to admit their mistakes. So admit when you're wrong, share your personal experiences, make yourself vulnerable and encourage others to do the same thing. That shows the human side of you and it goes a long way to build trust on a team and psychological safety involves trust. Ask questions and use active listening skills when you're talking to your team or your direct reports. As you're asking questions, as you're listening, keep an open mind. That's another important thing. Psychological safety sometimes does not happen because people are afraid they're going to be judged. They're going to be judged if they speak up. They're going to be judged if they have an opinion or if they bring up uh, an issue that they see. So they need to know that you as the leader are not going to judge them, that you're going to keep an open mind as you're listening to them. The other thing that you can do as a leader is to acknowledge the ideas of others. So when someone comes up with an idea, acknowledge it, make a comment about it so that they realize they've been heard. Create trust by handling things immediately. So problems or escalations. Now, this can sometimes cause a problem because if someone on your team comes to you with an issue, whether it be an issue about a coworker or some something else, a lot of times you handle the issue, but you it's confidential. So you can't tell them how you handled it. And the only thing that they need to know is that you are handling it. You don't need to explain yourself because as a leader, there's certain things you can't divulge to your direct reports. But you can, it goes a long way to create trust if you just let them know that you are handling it and that you have done so immediately. Create what we call a learning zone, a learning zone culture. And this is a culture where all mistakes are considered learning opportunities. So it's almost like mistakes are welcome because it's a learning opportunity. It's a way to do things differently the next time. Another thing you can do as a leader is to give the team authority to collaborate without you. And you'll hear more about this in the next case study. But it's important as a leader that you not be involved in everything that goes on in the team. It's important that they are able to handle things like collaboration and brainstorming without you. 
So now we're going to go into a case study about this, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about some things that my client, Alice, did. She made some changes on her team, and we did this while she was in coaching. She came to me because they did an employee engagement survey, and there was a very low score that she received on her team related to psychological safety, and she didn't know even how to improve the score. So here's a number of changes that she made uh, once she came to coaching. So in team meetings, she encouraged her direct reports to engage and ask questions anytime someone had an idea. So you've all probably been in meetings where everyone just pretty much stays silent, mainly they're just showing up at the meeting. They're checking a box, you know, to say that they showed up at the meeting. They're not engaged. They're not commenting. There's no interaction. This happens a lot. Or they are multitasking. They're on their phones. They're on their laptops. It's showing a lack of respect and they're not listening. So instead, she encouraged her direct reports to show up and engage, put away their devices, to show respect by listening and to acknowledge and make comments on other ideas that people had. The second thing she did is that if there was a problem, she asked that the person who brought the problem to her also brought a solution before asking her to help or before asking the team to help. Now, what this does is that it encourages critical thinking and problem-solving skills. And the bottom line is that it creates empowerment because someone is providing a potential solution and then the team can brainstorm about it or the leader can brainstorm with the direct report. But first, the direct report needs to try their skill set at finding the solution. Uh, the other thing she did is that she liked the idea of collaborative sessions that didn't include her. And this empowered her team also. So she encouraged them to have a, collabor a collaborative session once a month. She also instilled the idea of the learning zone. She defined this to her team as that no one makes mistakes. They're learning opportunities. So her team began doing learning uh, lessons learned or postmortems after any type of decision or action or project that did not go as planned. She also asked the team what else they needed to feel psychologically safe. So even by asking them, she was getting their feedback. And then she issued the employee engagement survey again and saw that her score went up. So she knew that what she was doing really helped. Now, she also issued what we call a psychological safety survey specifically about psychological safety. And you'll be able to download that with this episode. It'll be attached as a downloadable file if you want to try to use it for your team. All right, you've been listening to Leading with Intention on the Voice America Business Channel. Today's episode is the second in a series about sustainable leadership. We've been talking about environmental wellness, specifically personal safety at work, and how to create more psychological safety on your team. You've heard about how my client, Alice, increased her score on the employee engagement survey. And you also saw how she increased her score. She used a psychological uh, survey, psychological safety survey, which you have access to also. And all of this created more psychological safety on her team because of the things that she implemented. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'll answer a few questions that have come in. And then you'll hear about how to enhance the safety of others and empower them outside of the workplace. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Are you ready to unlock your full potential as a leader? 
Look no further than MD Consulting. Monique Dagneau, executive coach, best-selling author, and captivating public speaker, is here to guide you towards transformational success. With a global reach, Monique empowers executive leaders and HR professionals through engaging presentations at conferences, team-building activities, and industry gatherings. Monique's mission is clear, to revolutionize workplace behavior. She achieves this not only by coaching a diverse clientele, but also by educating corporate leaders through both virtual and in-person events. Well, thank you so much for being here to help us understand. As a recognized subject matter expert, Monique delves into crucial topics, such as psychological safety, onboarding strategies, effective training methods, and mastering time management skills. Now for a great topic that we're going to delve into. Ready to learn more? Request Monique's Speaker One Sheet or secure her for an engaging speaking engagement by sending an email to monique at mdconsultingglobal.com. Don't miss this opportunity to elevate your leadership journey with Monique Daniel and MD Consulting. Unleash your potential today. Visit www.mdconsultingglobal.com or email monique at mdconsultingglobal.com to take the next step towards transformative leadership. MD Consulting, where success begins. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, Small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. Welcome back to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Have a question for Monique or her guests? Email Monique at Monique at MDConsultingGlobal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm talking to you today about how to enhance your leadership brand with the mindset of sustainable leadership. We've been talking about how to keep people physically safe at work and also how to create psychological safety on your team. Now I'm going to take a few questions that have come in and then we'll round out this last segment by talking about how you can reduce the vulnerability of people outside of work, which is another way of enhancing their safety. This question is from Susan. She says, I've inherited a really toxic team. I want to instill a culture of psychological safety, but I'm not sure where to start. So in the previous segment, I talked about the psychological safety survey, which you will all have access to if you download it. So My response to Susan is first administer the survey and then communicate the results. So that's important. You've got to communicate the results of the survey so that everyone knows where you stand. And next, you need to ask your people what they need. The survey goes into what's happening on the team, but you'll only know what your people need if you ask them. So you need to ask them about it. You need to educate them about psychological safety and what it is. And then you need to set the example. And again, that is done by sharing your mistakes, your own areas of improvement, share your vision for the team, things like that. So you're setting the example with your own behavior and set the bar really high. Don't tolerate gossip on the team. Don't tolerate mistreatment between team members. And as soon as you notice that's happening, do something about it. And you also need to address mistakes as learning opportunities. So no one gets into trouble. Everyone looks at this as a learning opportunity if something goes wrong. And then re-administer that psychological safety survey after six months and share the results again. 
So to Susan or any of you who are dealing with the same kind of thing, Susan, is these are my recommendations for how you can at least get started uh, with a team that is really toxic. Now, the next uh, next question came from David. I like the idea about collaborating without the leader. How do you instill that and how does it contribute to psychological safety? So first of all, David, it's empowerment. It's the leader trusting the team and allowing them the freedom to do creative thinking. So that's the the main reason to do it is to really show your trust in them and then opening up the space for them to get together and do creative thinking. And the way to instill it is you can give them a basic framework uh, for example, you can tell them that once a month, you want them to gather with one issue or one topic or multiple topics. It's really up to them, but have them gather once a month, uh, get them in a room and give them the time to collaborate. It could be an hour, it could be 90 minutes, where they just talk through something and brainstorm and collaborate. So it creates cohesion, it creates team building, and it contributes to psychological safety. So thank you for those questions, Susan and David. Now, another thing that jeopardizes personal safety is people feeling vulnerable due to lack of skills. Now, I've talked about this earlier in in segment one of the show today, where if people have a lack of skills, they can it can impact their confidence level at work. Now, the lack of skills can also be happening outside of the workplace. It can be a lack of any type of skill. Even if it's happening outside of the workplace, it can impact them in the workplace because they're vulnerable or there's fear or a low self-esteem. So this could be in areas such as language and literacy, and we've already talked about that a little bit, but it could also be things like parenting skills or basic employment skills, uh, financial health, um, physical health, or even the ability to drive. So these are all skills that aren't necessarily related to performance in the workplace, but it's something that makes a person feel less than or vulnerable. So lacking any type of skill can create disparity and set people up for more challenges, accomplishing tasks, and it causes them to feel really unsafe and insecure. So I'll just share something else about my story in my younger days in my early corporate career. I initially felt very vulnerable. Also, I was a single parent. I was a high school dropout. I had no work experience and I could not drive. I didn't drive until I was 23 years old and I was living under the poverty poverty level with two children. So I can assure you that I felt very vulnerable and many people try to take advantage of my situation in the workplace and outside of the workplace. So it's something that happens more than what we know and more than what we would like to think. So I really encourage you to try to enhance people's safety by reducing their vulnerability and empowering others contributes to their sense of safety and well-being within their environment. What can you do? Think about this. What can you do to provide security, safety, and empowerment to vulnerable people within your environment? You know, think about what's happening in your neighborhood. Think about places that maybe you can contribute your time or your effort to help upskill people so that they have the basic social skills, basic living skills that they need so that they can succeed better in the workplace. Now, volunteer work has always been really important to me as a way to give back uh, within my community and really across the globe. As I mentioned, now I'm an international volunteer, but for me, it's part of environmental wellness and it can't be overlooked. I actually started volunteering in my late 20s 
for churches and like I said, the domestic violence shelters. And since then I've traveled to Asia to volunteer teaching leadership classes to young Asian women. Um, Today, as I mentioned, I'm a ESL certified instructor and I've taught ESL classes locally to immigrants and mentioned that I go overseas to do that in the summers for a, a really great organization called Vaughn Town. And there I work with executives, business executives, teaching conversational English programs. I'm a trained volunteer for the International Rescue Committee. I volunteer my some coaching hours to the Humanitarian Coaching Network. And I'm also a volunteer for Amnesty International. So it's it's really important that you just think about what's happening in your community. We talked last week about what you can do on a micro level, like at home and in your community, as well as what you can do on a macro level, like at work and throughout you know, other larger organizations. So I really challenge you to think about that. Um, and, and some of my clients are actually involving their families in volunteer work. And I also did that when my daughters were young. They volunteered when they were younger because I thought it was important to instill that message in them. And I have clients today that are doing the same thing. So think about that. And, and really, it's important to also remember that you can't do everything, you can't champion every cause, but you can determine what's important for you. So most of us have something related to our value system that is really important to us. And if you think about that, think about your values and then focus on that and create time for it in your schedule. And if you have a family, you can involve your family in it also. So think about, is there an area in which you would like to volunteer? Is there something going on at work that would allow you to volunteer at work? Many organizations, as we talked about in last week's episode, they have a corporate social responsibility policy where they offer volunteer time. They offer time to their employees to volunteer on work hours, on paid work hours. So that's something that you can think about too. You can um, do a donation match. You can really look into a number of organizations that align with your values. That's the important thing is that you find something that aligns with your values and then pursue that. You may feel like you're not making a difference, but trust me, there are many people who feel that way and they are making a difference. And environmental wellness is such an important part of your personal and your leadership journey. It really displays true leadership within the workplace and outside of the workplace because we're all interconnected. So even your small actions have a huge impact on the environment and its people whether it's globally or at a community level or even at work. So I hope that this has helped today. The last two uh, episodes, this one and last week, were really to introduce you to this topic of environmental wellness and things that you can do as a leader. And the way this ties in with your branding as a leader is that branding is all about the uniqueness that a leader offers and the uniqueness that's part of a leader's personality. So I'm encouraging you to think about ways that you can show your uniqueness. And in this case, how can you contribute to workplace safety and decreasing vulnerability? Because it's really everyone's responsibility Now, the downloadable information that you will receive when you uh, look at this episode and download the episode and the PDFs that go with it will be the psychological safety survey. And then 
the tips that leaders can um, encourage their teams to do so that you can create psychological safety. Other tips that leaders can take on to set the example for not only psychological safety, but safety in the workplace as a whole. So you'll get some valuable information that way with those downloads. And I really challenge you to think about all the ways that you can contribute. And I really want to invite you to check out my website at mdconsultingglobal.com. The website has a number of resources there that will help you lead better in general. There's a resource page that gives you a lot of free downloads about many other leadership topics. You can also sign up for my social media there, and then you can get the past episodes of this show, all the downloads that go with these episodes. And there's also uh, some other information. My blog is there that goes out twice a month on this type of topic and a lot of other types of leadership topics. So I really encourage you to visit the website and also keep e emailing in your questions. This has been great that with these episodes, you're listening and you're interested enough to email in your questions. You've got really great questions and it's helping others out there who have the same situations that they're dealing with. So don't ever think you're on your own with these situations that are happening for you. And a lot of the questions that are coming in are very similar situations that my clients are experiencing that we handle in coaching. So be sure to check out all of the information on my website. And thank you so much again for listening in every week. I really appreciate that. It's keeping our ratings really high, which shows me you're really interested in the content and that I'm providing you with content that's really valuable to you. You've been listening to Leading with Intention on the Voice America Business Channel. It has been really great talking to you today. We'll talk again next week. And until then, don't forget to lead with intention. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Leading with Intention. Our intention is that you walk away from this show today with new tools, techniques, and insights that help you lead more effectively and have greater impact within your company. Until we talk again, have a great week.